the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition, where we speak about industry-specific topics and even some of the latest news and goings-on. And today I am joined by a representative of the DITC, the Driving Instructor and Trainers Collective, Collective, uh, Chris Spencer. How are we doing, Chris? Hello, all is good. Having having a good day. DITC representative and friend of the show. We'll go with that. Um, that's what happens when you try and be clever. <laughs> uh, yeah, and today we're going to be talking about a few things. Um, we're going to uh, end up talking about the theory test and how we can better support learners and encourage them to learn maybe the right way rather than the wrong way, potentially, and even maybe throw a few ideas out there that the DVSA could do. But before we get into that, we have got some news and other things that have gone on. So one of the things that has happened over the last month is we've had two big shows. We had the Driving Instructor Show and we had the Expo South, neither of which I got to, largely due to ill health, which you've heard me moan about previously. So we'll talk about that anymore now. But uh, Chris, you did get to both. Um, so I'm going to just initially just ask you for your, your thoughts on them. I I went to both and one of the highlights of each of them were PDIs. Uh, and it was lovely to see a, a good number of PDIs that are finding them. It took me a while when I came into the industry to actually discover that there was such a thing. Um, and back then it was all paid for. Um, you know, you had to buy a ticket. And the expo from the Intelligent Instructor and ADI NJC and uh, the Driving Instructor Show, Mike Spooner, uh, both of them were free events. So it that that was awesome because it, it costs you the time and travel. But apart from that, uh, it means people get to go and have a look. They were both great. Um, the ADI NJC Intelligent Instructor event, um, which was at the race course that I can't remember the name of, beginning with a K. Thank you. Um, <laughs> lovely venue, really nice. Um, there were workshops going on at either end of a central kind of um, run of, of um, stands with most of the usual suspects, um, but always nice to see people. Uh, He-Man were there about dual controls. Uh, I found out that the biggest competition for he-man in the uk he-man dual controls in the uk not he-man the cartoon character is he-man and their second hand dual controls and they said they caused themselves a real problem by creating really good product because people just think oh yeah i'll stick that in my car and it might not be compatible so they said if you're going to use second hand do your homework so we're going to do a bit of work with them as the ditc to try and educate all of us, because I don't know much about them. I know they've saved my neck more times than I can uh, can count. So, yeah, had a good chat with them. It was the ADINJC show, but the MSA and DIA were also there. So got to see all of the, the um, elements of NASP and have a chat with them. Um, and it, it was a really nice day. Uh, the only issue with free events is figure out what you're going to do about food. Because... <laughs> It tends to be put on by the venue and ridiculously expensive. Yeah. Um, so, yes, uh, moving on to the driving instructor show. Sadly, speaking to Mike, uh, Mike Spooner, it's going to be the last one that he puts together. I've heard rumours from other people that they're considering maybe looking at it as an option. It was really good. Um, thoroughly enjoyed. I was in a different position because DITC had a stand, uh, so I was stood at the stand except when I was presenting about the theory test um did two workshops one each day for that it was a I say a two day event it was a one and a half day event it started at two o'clock on the Saturday and then was a full day on the Sunday some some uh people were the same uh some were different but it was a really nice event and I think people took a lot from it um, it's always a bit different when you're behind the stand. Mike did say he would look, uh, if anyone got to attend, I thought it was awesome, uh, he would look at an online event, which he did previously, um, which you didn't see, did you, Terry? No. And it was, so imagine playing good old 80s Zelda. You got your little avatar and you walked around the map and you got when you went near someone your camera popped up and their camera popped up and you got to have a chat. <laughs> and then 
DITC had a room. Um, other people had stands or rooms, and you could come in and have a chat with the people in the room. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I think all events should be like that. Um, and I just said we should gamify it more. Uh, that you should you know get rewards for going into all of the different stands or different rooms and things. But um, yeah, so I'm hoping he still does that. Uh, sadly, no more uh, no more driving instructor show unless he changes his mind everybody should email mike i will happily share his email address because it, it was it was really nice to see um and it was nice that it wasn't it there wasn't an agenda behind it um you know the the ad njc conference expo is is the ad njc and intelligent instructor so there is always a bit of an agenda um i didn't feel there was at his at all it was very much about anyone that wanted to get involved. So there were different people, different talks. And uh, no, it was, it was really well received. But just lovely to see PDIs that were... Actually, there was one guy, hasn't yet committed to training yet, and was there exploring what it's all about, which I don't think I've come across before. No, so. that's, that's pretty awesome. Um, before I get into kind of any sort of more specifics around that, the, the, the thing I was thinking was... We're in a position, so we've got another one coming up soon, haven't we? Is it the DIA conference coming up soon as well? Yes. Um, we're in a position where I'm I'm not going to be able to go to that one, so I, I won't be attending three of the shows this year, but I will still be able to attend another one. So how cool is it that I can miss free driving instructor shows and still attend the expo in, in Coventry? You know, it's how great is it we've got that many and i know you said there's this you know mike's dropping out next year but how great is it that we've got three or four shows here that people can attend yeah and they're all different they've all got a different feel to them a interesting discussion actually about the dia one it's at brands hatch so it's literally 15 minutes down the road from me <laughs> that's great um anyone who's going give us a shout because you know i'm always up for a meal out the night before um and um as long as they're paying it's fine <laughs> um and the dia one is a is a paid for ticketed event so that's very different to the the free expos and it'll be interesting to compare them because we haven't really had them up against each other like that since expos came onto the scene um there was a real development and change going through so yeah it is each one of them's different i think i've i don't think i've been to an event where i haven't taken something good away from it so yeah i'd recommend everybody has a look and, and sees what which flavour of, of conference or expo is for them? Now, you've, you've been in the, the industry a lot longer than I have, but and we're very quick to point out the negatives and the stuff that we're not happy with. But do you think you've seen the industry in a better position in terms of what's available to it than it is right now? Like you say, you've got different expos on, for, well, at the minute, four this year. We've got all the different associations and we've got the DITC, which isn't an association, but we've got different podcasts, we've got, you know, all these different uh, companies with like, real quality training. We've got different technology being given to us. Do you think we've ever been in a better position in what's available to us as driving instructors? Yeah, no, I, I think technology's made it, hasn't it? That um, it's allowed lots of bespoke solutions to come in. Um, technology's got to the point where, you know, you and I can come up with an idea and could actually, if we chose to, put it into into practice um, on a level that's usable. It's not, you know, like me trying to paint a picture. Um, I, I, I don't have the skills to do it. Actually, with technology, we've got to the point where we can. Um, but that's not to take away from, from some awesome um, you know, tech specialists that have come in and have embraced the industry, thinking of you know the likes of, of uh, Go Roadie, My Drive Time. You know that they've they're trying to improve things for us. They understand us now, so I think we've moved so far into the tech coming in that now it's people who understand the industry are developing the tech, and we're getting the best of both worlds there. Um, and and on top of that, I think just the industry itself has evolved to people moving or beginning to move away from the DVSA approach and kind of looking at it of going, there's enough coaching out there to make it mainstream. Whereas it used to be, you know, a small percentage of people discovering it. Um, and because of all of that, yeah, massive changes to the industry. Uh, it's still not easy to 
join the dots. Hence, you know, there's still a place for the DITC, I hope, uh, to do that. But it is, it's so much better than it was. Um, I, I'm loving it. And the DVSA, I had a conversation with someone from the DVSA that was open, honest and frank. Now, they, they weren't just spewing the, the party politics or, or the PR. Um, they, they, would, they were really honest about it. And, you know, we don't always see that, but it is nice that they can. Um, I, I felt that that was a real positive as well. I don't think I know anyone from the DBSA called Frank. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> Matt Freddy. Um, the, um, the, but yeah, I mean, we've got all this awesome stuff available to us. But I mean, I just want to touch back on a couple of things you said, actually, because you mentioned My Drive Time and, and Go Roadie. And I think when anyone talks about them, we, we always think of them as being the the apps, you know, the um, the diary management apps. But, you know, they do more than that in our industry. Uh, my drive time, unless I'm mistaken, they did the the technology behind the big learner re- relay last year, creating the, the Budsy Bear. And Gorodi did the, the technology for um, the Expo last year, creating the app for as you went down there. So they're not just doing the, the diaries, they're doing everything and, and the other thing, and you know, point you made there, and we're coming slightly off topic, but you know, we know that we don't tend to do that much, so we can make an exception. Is going right back to you know the first lockdowns. I first came across the DITC, and I think it was you in particular, when I stumbled across it on on Facebook, talking about the DBSA have drawn a line in the sand. They're not taking responsibility for this. It's up to us as instructors. Now, I'm not saying that that's created a shift but it's something i've heard you talk about and i think maybe that has been a bit of a catalyst where the industry has kind of gone yeah do you know what they're not providing us with this so we're going to provide it you know look at the stuff that's come out of that the ditc the instructor podcast the, the did podcast the 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 second expo that i know that was there before but you know the stuff that's growing and blossoming from that it's it's adis and instructors in the industry taking responsibility for itself in a lot of ways it, it's a little bit like that moment as you're growing up when you realise, although they're still there and they will still, you know, still set the tone, um, you've become a bit of an adult and, you know, you, you've got to make your own choices. Uh, you can't rely on whoever you've been brought up by. Um, so I think there was that line definitely drawn where it was, this is what we do. This is our job. The rest of it is you, and you've got to get on with that. You know, you've you've made your bed. You get to make your choices. Um, we've we've done our best uh, to give you the information that you need, uh, whether we agree or not. You know, that's a separate thing. Um, but yes, I, I think um, there was a, a definite line, and I think that made a lot of instructors think, and a lot of instructors who always played the you know I'm self-employed, I'm my own business card but relied on the support, if you like, of the DVSA to, to kind of you know keep them in, inside the lines. And that was kind of pulled out from under them. Um, that, yeah, I think that's made a really big difference. And we're starting to see the lockdown projects coming out. I think that's really interesting to see what, you know, what happens with, with those people who've been working really hard when they weren't working. And, and see what comes from those as well, which will be interesting. Yeah. And we'll come back onto the DVS in a minute because we've got some stuff to talk about around them. But I've got one more question for you around the Driving Instructor Show and the Expo South. And this is almost putting you on the spot a little bit, but, you know, again, another thing we don't do regularly. I'm not going to ask you for a preference because I think that might be a little bit unfair. But what I would ask you, is there something that the Expo had that the Instructor Show didn't and vice versa? Yes, um, I, I have to say that I couldn't compare the two directly because one I was there visiting and the other one I was there presenting, I don't know, uh, with a stand and, and doing a, you know, doing a talk. So I had very different hats on. Um, I think the difference for me, the, uh, ADI and JC Intelligent Instructor Expo was a little bit smaller uh, had all the information in one place, but I don't think I could have spent a day there. So it was quite nice to pop along. I knew I'd seen everything, not missed it. I'm not big at going and listen, listening to speakers particularly. Um, 
I'd, I'd, I'd rather do it in my own time and find a way to engage with their information that way. Um, but it, it was quite a nice visit, whereas I think the driving instructor show felt much more like you could have gone and spent a day there, worked your way through the the, the, the workshops and presentations should should you want to. There's a very good one about theory training. Um, and uh, it was really where I was I was bricking it. I don't do that. I, I don't do worrying about standing up and talking about stuff. But as, as I know we're going to come on to, but the, talking about the theory stuff is something that instructors don't really talk about. So it, it, it wasn't the kind of tried and tested subjects that I knew what people felt. But yeah, I, so I, I enjoyed both really differently. Um, and I know I think it is a real shame that you know that Mike's not doing another one, so he needs to reconsider. Um, but it was, yeah, it, it there was definitely a different feel to them. Did um, do you have a, a link for your presentation? Uh, not yet, because it's not it hasn't been made available to me. But there will be one, so I, I will happily get that across to you as soon as uh, as soon as I can. Uh, they were broadcast on Facebook. Uh, didn't know that was going to happen. Um, so, so, you know, that added pressure. Um, and they were recorded. So Mike's going to make sure we get the, the videos. They're just being edited up because they were all in one. Back okay, to that. Cool. Well, I'll make sure that's shared out by the Instructor Podcast. But but let's let's move on to the DVSA then because there's been a little bit of news uh, since we, we last had a Groomer episode uh, because the DVSA has released its latest what I believe it's called Super Duper Plan to reduce the backlog of driving tests. And before I ask you for your thoughts on this, I'm one of those people, maybe not quite as bad anymore, but I am one of those people that when I write a to-do list, at the top of my to-do list, I write, write a to-do list. So that when I've written the list, I can immediately tick off write a to-do list. When you read the blog from the DVSA, that's pretty much what they've done. The top thing they're put to do is to reduce waiting times and then kind of not really give a, a, a great idea of how they're going to do it. They've kind of thrown a few things out there about this, um, uh, I forget what they're calling but the pack they're going to send to learners and they're getting more examiners, and but not really said how. Again, a few inklings, but what were your thoughts on that? Do you get the feeling they don't really know? <laughs> I do get that feeling. <laughs> I think <laughs> that the problem is they've got to be being seen to move the pieces around. But until they get more examiners on board and you know, capacity is the key. So until they get more, more examiners on board, it's not going to work. Um, they, they're not really able to do anything except for tread water. We're being told that by December, they're going to be down to single figures um, on the waiting list. And I will happily take that bet bet against that um, because I I can't see it happening at all, unless there's something we don't know that they're not telling us. I think they've managed to get instructors scared enough to think twice before taking someone to test who's not ready which isn't a bad thing at all. Um, I don't think it takes into account the stress it puts on us and the learners when there's not a waiting list for us to work inside of. If we had capacity, again, we'd be all right, but we haven't, so it makes it really difficult. Lots of criticism about people reselling tests or you know misusing, in quotes, the, um, the system, but nothing really being done about it, and it's legitimate. The only people they've got control over are ADIs. The rest of it's outside their remit. So, yeah, I I, I just felt like there was there were lots of words, um, and they weren't, it, there were no bad ideas. You know, yes, to, to let, make sure the learners know that, you know, why, what they should be doing, that they should be ready. I, I wonder if we need to know what ready is. At a learner level, not talking to instructors, but saying to, to learn and to parents, because we all know that actually it's the parents that say, give it a go more than the actual learners do. If we're talking about our stereotypical 17 uh, to 21 year old, um, that, yeah, I, I think it, there were lots of words and there were lots of wiggling going on. 
Um, but I'm not convinced there was any actual movement. The, I mean, with, with that, like you said, try to let learners know, are they ready? I mean, just reflecting back to, I don't know which episode it was, but one of the Green episodes last year when we were talking about this, and I'm not saying this from my, you know, Terry is awesome, but that's what I put forward that time, send an email out to them. Have you done this, 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 and this two weeks before the test? Are you are you ready? Can you do all of these things? Now, yeah, that's not going to stop them taking a test, but it might just make them think, oh, actually, no, I'm not ready. Or, you know, maybe their instructor isn't quite up to speed with stuff and they can go back to their instructor and say, actually, I've not done these things. So it's similar to that. But what what would you suggest if you could... If you were to suggest one thing to the DVSA, is there anything that comes to mind or apart from pushing it back to 18 for the test stage? <laughs> yes, st- I still would. Um, but no, uh, I think I think communicating with learners and instructors better um, you know, w- would be a good way forwards. Um I, th- I think they just haven't got enough arms and legs to do so. Yeah, the, you know, it's this thing of if you're going to change a system, it's got to, you know, it's got to go through so many checks and balances. And if we're going to change a system now, we're probably looking at what 2028 before it comes into place, because um, someone would have to actually write it from scratch. There's no way we can cobble together what's going on, you know, on on the DVSA side. Wouldn't accommodate add-ons it, it doesn't work that way it's not that kind of system um that's not going to happen soon enough so i don't think we can necessarily change the systems i think what we need to change is the is the communication that goes on and, and the understanding because then people get it and also i'd like the dvsa to be putting their hands up um if i'm going to ask for one thing it's for the DVSA to put their hands up to learners and potentially their parents, let's call them the public, um, and say, it's not your instructor being a dick. They can't fit you in their diary because they're really busy and there is no movement on that waiting list because we haven't got capacity. And they're being told by us, the DVSA, that they should not be bringing you to test on a wing and a prayer that you need to be ready. And, and tell them directly, because I think that's where the biggest pressure on the instructors is. I mean, for me, that's an email. You know, either when you book your test or when you pass your theory test, that's an email that comes through. So yeah. that, that's not changing the system. And, and you know, there will be people listen to this and be like, oh, well, that's not going to change anything. Well, do you know what? It might change something. And I think we can't change everything, but we can make an impact. I mean, you know, speaking of change of system, it's just like, counter argument or, or alternative to, to the the age change why not and i don't know if this is viable but why not make it so when you get your provisional license no matter what age you are you can't take your test for a year after getting your provisional license but you can train during that time so you can take your theory test during that time you can have lessons during that time but if you put the stop on now everyone that gets a provisional license from monday cannot take a driving test for a year well that emphasizes the idea that you've got a year to train and it's going to stop some of the people booking tests hopefully now again like you said that is changing a system but these are just ideas and i don't think it's particularly rocket science however i also appreciate that what we do in here is tell the dvsa what to do uh there are things that we can do that we've you know spoke about previously which is trying to get people ready for tests which i'm sure most of us do um but i think the biggest thing and i'm guilty of this sometimes you know we, we're human beings is is what you said it's a communication side you know the making sure we communicate with the students and say look you need to be ready for this test because if you're not you will fail and you'll be waiting six months that's not putting pressure on you that's me saying here I've saved a day a week so that I can fit extra people in or or evenings. uh, I'm not booking. In fact, that's actually what I'm doing now. I'm not booking people on evenings anymore. Even though I like evening lessons, I'm saving my evening lessons free for my current students. I want additional lessons to get them in for their driving test. So I think the biggest thing that we can do as instructors is just make sure we're communicating a text message on lessons, phone calls, Facebook posts, Facebook groups, Twitter, TikTok, whatever, just that that communication. Yes, I I, I think uh, that there's 
a real uh, culture of we know, so they should. And the, uh, we came across this when I was talking to people about the theory that, you know, I, I spend most of my day doing theory training. Um, and I've learnt that I can't assume that driving instructors know anything about the theory test because they haven't been involved in it in a lot of cases. You know, they, they, they only deal with the problems. They don't deal with the process. So I think in that way, I've started to make sure that at the beginning of the conversation, I lay out the rules and I lay out how it works and, and I make sure that that's all understood before we go forwards. So I think it's the same thing in the car of saying to them, okay, so this is the current situation and I am here to make it as easy as I can. To, to help you with it, to support you with it. But this is the situation. So therefore, these are the things that I can't budge on. You know, you're going you're gonna to have to be meeting this standard. And this is how we're going to know whether you're at that standard. It's not going to be me putting my finger in the air. You know, it might be I get a colleague to do a, to do a mock test. Um, so we get another pair of eyes on it. That also takes the pressure off of you as an instructor because you, you're protecting that relationship just to make sure that you're using some kind of criteria system so you've got a syllabus that's being ticked off. It doesn't have to be complex, but just covers these are the things that we need to have done because then they're not surprised when you say, well, we've only done half of it. But then also to tell them that once we've done that, at that point, you becoming a driver rather than being a learner and discovering new things takes a bit of time and we need to work that through. So you kind of spell it out up front a bit more, go to extra efforts too, um, I think really, really will help. Yeah. So I think we've been a little bit um, critical, maybe that's not the right word, not super endorsed the uh, the DVD super duper plan to reduce the backlog. But there is a, one thing that I think is quite cool that I've done recently, so I might as well we'll give them praise and credit where it's due, which is they, uh, they made the, the little announcement that they are – and I'm going to completely butcher butcher this now, but they made the announcement about the the toilets at the test centers where they will make sure that there is uh, sanitary products available, um, which I think is is something that as a, a male I doesn't cause me an issue. You know, I don't uh, menstruate, so I don't have to worry about that. But it's weird when someone says we're now doing this, I suddenly think, well, surely that should have been done for years. Which is an odd way that just shows that my my negligence and my naivety and my ignorance in a lot of ways. But I think it's it's great that they're finally doing it. Yeah, I, I the first thing I did before I commented because I didn't feel qualified uh, was spoke to a number a number of people who do menstruate um, and and had that conversation and just went, it, you know, is this just them shouting about nothing? Apparently, some test centres did it, but I don't think that that undermines the fact that it's now all of them. There was criticism about the we've been working really hard. Do you know what? Inside of an organisation like that, to make sure it's happening at all the test centres, there probably is at least one person working really hard to make sure that happens. And inside of a um, uh, an, a, a sector which has always been fairly male driven, I know that has changed with you know now. Well, not now a, a female registrar. We're back to a male registrar, but with a female CEO there's probably a bit of a, a fight to show that there's a need for it. But the DVSA are really good. I'd had a chat with one of the guys from the DVSA about their LGBTQ plus policies inside of the DVSA that we don't really get to see about unless you get an, an email from fr from them with it at the bottom of the email. Um, that's the only time it really shows, shows to the outside world. But inside of the DVSA, they're really good at dealing with schemes like, like this. So... Um, yeah, I, all credit to them. I think it's great. I think there's a lovely opportunity for us to now question what, how they're going to deal with it at centres without toilets and why there are centres without toilets. And, you know, I appreciate it. it's a real challenge to find a suitable site and to have, you know, have toilet facilities available and everything else. But I see that as an opportunity and the DITC have already emailed them to ask. So uh, we'll see what's happening on that front. You mentioned there the the LGBTQ plus community uh, and, and uh, the DVSA. Uh, where could people, you know, find out more about how they can be better allies to the LGBTQ plus community? 
And how much does the ITC making profit from this? That's a lovely way to ask that question. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I say so your friend and ours, um, the Queerbox, uh, which is a company that uh, delivers business-friendly LGBTQ plus training so you can improve your business, um, you can get more business. It's It's been awesome, the benefits to our, to our own business, um, having completed the course and put in some really simple steps and understanding, and understanding was key. Um, interestingly, not just um, from the LGBTQ plus community, I need a shorter way of saying it, I'm sorry. <laughs> It's a mouthful, but not not just from that community, but um, particularly I've found um, uh, the autistic pupils that I deal with, they see that same level of understanding as being parallel to the understanding they're looking for. Um, and, and that I thought was really interesting. So it's, it, it doesn't just stop inside of that community. It, it's much wider and it shows who you are as a um, as a business. And uh, say DITC members uh, get £20 off of the course, which is £49 normally, uh, from the Queer Box. DITC make nothing from it. We just pass on the discount to you. But I think every instructor should do it. I I think it's a brilliantly written course. Uh, But I won't go on about it because there is – well, there's two instructor podcast um, episodes that people can, can have a listen to to have it explained in its entirety. Uh, yeah, so definitely check out the the queer box. I've done it. I I did it sort of very early on when it was in its infancy, and uh, I've learned a lot. And it helped me become a better human being because of it. Uh, gave me a better understanding. And uh, but as you said, what do I not know? There's there's episodes of that. But uh, after all, what do we know? We're just two walkies, Chris. Just two <laughs> walkies. Um, but yeah, the the only other thing I'm going to mention on that is that if. Um, if the DVSA puts a post out on social media that is by the DVSA and that is monitored by the DVSA, I'm going to highly recommend that you just be a little bit careful with some of your comments you put on there. Maybe refrain from being a complete imbecile because the DVSA, you know, you do have to be a relatively fit and proper person to to be an ADI. So just be a little bit careful with some of the comments you put on there. Um but yeah, so let's take a moment now because we've spoke a lot about all the news and, and so on. Let's take a moment, set the table. So Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself and the DITC? I'm Chris Benstead. I uh, co-founded the DITC, which is the industry's signposting platform uh, to help you find the things that you didn't know you needed and the things that you're looking for but can't find. So that's that's what we've set up to do. We're focusing on not just the typical industry things um we've uh, recently uh, done a thing about uh the perimenopause uh trying to help with awareness for that and a number of female instructors have, have got in touch and said you know it's it's been beneficial to them because they thought they were going mad um following the davina mccall uh tv program uh which i think did a lot of good so you know, not just typical driving instructor stuff, but stuff for typical driving instructors. Um, but also teaming up with people uh, like Terry, like uh, Go Roadie, My Drive Time, um, Marmalade Insurance, and trying to get the information that you need. Uh, we're working hard to get stuff on the website, but I keep saying to people, if you've got a question, please get in touch, because it's highly likely that we've already got the answer or the person who can answer it. So that is, that is what we're busy busy doing um, and uh, thoroughly enjoying doing it. It's been great. And the best place for people to find you? The DITC, T-H-E-D-I-T-C dot co dot UK, and you can get in touch with us via there. Um, and you might find something useful and interesting while you're visiting. And uh, if you listen to this podcast, if you listen for a while, you know that part of the, the premise behind this podcast is to get people on that I endorse and back and support and, and promote. And there's a reason why the DITC and in particular Chris are on so regular and you can work that out for yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I am Terry Cook and you're listening to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. And today we have already dived into the news we have got upcoming we're going to be talking about the theory test in a moment but just before we do allow me to tell you a little bit about that because there are currently about 80 hours worth of audio content that i have already released over just over a year and there's a bit more to come still from season three but 80 hours that's not bad is it when you think about it so so much 
CPD essentially for you there. So make sure you go through and back check that catalogue. You don't have to listen to every episode. Not every episode is going to be for you, but make sure you go back and find out the ones that are for you. And even though there's already 80 hours out there, you can get more. You can sign up to Instructor Podcast Premium, where for £10 a month, you get an extra two or three at least episodes a month. We had some really cool ones on recently around the standards check, around um, we had uh, Dan Hill of My Drive came on that talks about about uh, the the business side of running a drive school and some of the do's and don'ts. Really enjoyed that episode. Actually got a little bit heated at one point, which you'll be surprised to hear when uh, when me and Dan have a conversation. But a uh, really good episode. And you also get loads of discounts as well, stuff around Go Roadie and Bob Morton's class at Learning and Lee Sperry's ADI or PDI doctor. Uh, so make sure you go and check all that out. But even beyond that, you know, feel free just to contribute to the show. 80 hours of content out there already. So you could sign up and pay £10 a month, not get anything extra, but just help me run the show. It's very much appreciated. Or you could sign up for the £2 tier, which is a similar thing, except you get nothing other than my eternal gratitude. And the best way to find that is at theinstructorpodcast.com. All links are in the show notes, including for the DITC. But let's dive into the theory, because that's what we came to talk about mainly, Chris, because this is one of the things that is done best by the DVSA and us as instructors, I'm sure you'll concur that we all do a fantastic job with the theory. It, it's it's not my current line of thinking. <laughs> um, I, I I don't think this is anybody's fault. I will start with that. I think that um, the culture is wrong. I think that the way that we're trained is wrong, um, and it needs changing. Um, but I, I I don't feel it's a fault thing. I think. Some of it is to do with the the changing of the generations that we're teaching. Um, And I think the coping mechanism for the fact that there's knowledge that we need, in in theory, excusing the pun, um, to become good, safe drivers, needs to be tackled in a way. So let's, let's do a test on it. Because the DVSA do that. They do testing. And then... There was a, sort of an assumption that we would do the teaching, but actually, because they released a set of questions, it was well, that's what you've got to learn to go and learn it. And when an instructor comes into the industry, when when they they enter into being a PDI and they do their part one, we do the same thing. We say, go away, do your theory. Once you've got that sussed, come back. We'll test your driving and then we'll teach you to be an instructor. And that stuff in the theory therefore gets undermined and it gets ignored and it's not important. And it's also a snapshot or a a section of the big picture, which the big picture is really important stuff. Uh, taking a subject like pedestrian crossings, which is one of my favourite. I'm an absolute geek when it comes to pedestrian crossings and and stuff about those. Um, You don't need to really understand them to be a good driver, but you need a slightly higher level of understanding for the theory test. And then an instructor should have an even higher level of understanding than than that, possibly not to my my geeky standard. I appreciate that. I don't expect everyone should. Um, But I I genuinely do love them. Um, But to be able to piece it all together and then to recognise that there are these threads that run through things. Um, with if we talk about amber lights in pedestrian crossings, they they don't stop at pedestrian crossings. That same kind of rule runs through other things and linking them together. There's 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 stuff to be taught, um, and we're not we're not teaching it. And I, as as many people know now, um, I I didn't renew my car um, come COVID. I was really lucky. The car lease came to an end and I decided that I was going to tackle theory and I am now getting lots of referrals from people. Please keep them coming. They're much appreciated from people that need help. Sadly, they will have failed between eight and 12 times before they find me. Um, They shouldn't be getting that far. I want to put myself out of work and I, I want it to be that every pupil passes the theory test first, if not first, second time. because. It's not that difficult. We just don't teach it very well. 
Um, I think there's some great stuff out there. A uh, quick, quick plug for Annie Winterburn's course, because I think if someone wants to self-study, that's awesome. And the Five Minute Theory podcast, which a couple of people have told me is the thing that got them through. Um, so, you know, I know Terry was not big at selling his own product. So, um, you know, I, I will do it for him because it is, it's, it's great. Um, so between the three of us, we're changing everything anyway. But I'm, I'm happily getting instructors phoning me up and saying, can you teach me how to teach the theory? So can can you cover that? And and that's something that I'm going to work on um, to make it easier. Um, and that's not me saying I'm going to sell a course. Um, I might do if if people want it, but I'm I'm happy giving stuff away because it's what the DITC do. Um, so we might ask you to become a member, but uh, apart from that, you know, we we just want instructors to improve their um, their offering to their pupils so that there's better support on the other end. Well, Chris. When I learned to drive, my instructor gave me, a, well, he didn't actually give me, he told me to buy the highway code and read that, and that's how I learned my theory. Why can't current students just do that? Because it's crap. Um, yeah, it's because... too boring. Seriously, I don't, I don't even think I read it. I don't think I've ever read it all the way through. I've read every part of it for anyone listening now that's going to try and throw stuff at me. But I don't think I've ever sat down and just read the highway code because there is nothing more dull. It's like reading the dictionary. It's like reading the thesaurus. That's worse than the dictionary. And it it doesn't explain the 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 people that are struggling with the theory. Where they are struggling is on two factors: uh, understanding and comprehension. That's not in the Highway Code because the Highway Code is a set of headlines or important notes from the proper stuff that most instructors haven't read. Um, you know, most instructors will quote the, the highway code as if it's gospel, and it doesn't tell you not to run over pedestrians. It's not in there. It, it says we should give priority to them, but at no point does it say don't hit people. So there's stuff in there that's not included, and that that you know, my biggest thing isn't in there, which it isn't being taught by instructors to their pupils, which. Um, I had two rooms full of people at the, the driving instructor show and nobody was teaching. So it wasn't just the pupils saying it to me. It was the instructors. We drive on the left and it's a rule. So I get that we show them that we drive on the left. Absolutely. I'm not saying you don't. Um, I, I get that they figure that out. But we are a left-handed system. It goes further because we're clockwise as a system. And that includes petrol stations and car parks, not just roundabouts. You know, if you're going into a petrol station on the right, you go in at the top and out at the bottom. It's clockwise. But they're not being taught that the rule is we are left hand drive, we're right hand overtake, and we are. Um, so I'm just going to clarify that left hand driving, <laughs> right hand overtake, and, and clockwise. So that when they encounter a question in writing, in words, not a picture, because for some reason there's a you know, rationing on pictures from the DVSA. Um, if you get an OLM, you're allowed a lovely diagram, but they won't put them on the questions for everybody else. Um, the, you know, it, if you if you give them the rule, they'll be able to extrapolate an answer from the, from the question. But if you don't, they don't stand a chance. So, I mean, for me, it's about what we could provide. I mean, we come on to the DVSA and how we'd like to see changes in a minute, but I'm, I'm a big advocate of what we can do rather than just complaining about what other people aren't doing. And for me, I don't think it is the responsibility of instructors to teach a theory. I don't think it is. It's not mandated anywhere that we do that. But it is, in my opinion, our responsibility to make sure that the theory is taught somewhere and learned somewhere. And this is where I think what you're doing is great because – you know, I, I know that if I've got a student that's genuinely struggling with a theory and I'm struggling to help them, I can send them to you. This is your bread and butter. This is what you do. You can find ways to get in people's brains and, and fiddle about until it makes sense. And, you know, but it's not just that. There's other stuff. You mentioned the five-minute theory podcast. Well, yes, that's a great one. You know, I've got a lot of students that won't listen to that because the audio stuff doesn't work. They need video. They ask me to do it on YouTube. And I'm like, no, it's a podcast. Sorry. But it's 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 there and it's available for the people that does benefit from audio and some people do you know i get so much so many random messages and and so many you know positive reviews around that podcast because people are just like 
this is awesome. This is what's helped me pass. You know, this has explained this one thing and this makes sense. And it, it's like you said, I think it boils down to the fact that it's not just saying ABC, it's saying ABC because and explaining why. And but again, there's there's other resources out there. Well, you mentioned Annie Annie Winterburn's course. I've never done it, but I will obviously take your word for it. I've got a fairy test training course out there that I think is really good. That that a year ago I said I was going to send to you and ask for you to to look at it for me, and I never did. So we'll we'll get on that. Um, but it's you know that there's other people that have created courses that might be suitable to different people. But there's other stuff that that we can do as an instructor. So I'm going to run through a couple of things I've done, and this isn't meant to be, you know, look how awesome I am or anything like that. It's just alternative things that you could do. So a lot of you listening will know that I have a, a Facebook group for my students, and at the minute, every Friday, I do I do a, a theory test challenge where I will do a theory test on my phone. Now, yeah, this is just using the apps, but it's, it's getting them engaged. So I'll do a theory test, screenshot the result, put it up there, and then they go and do one and try and beat me. And I don't always get 50. Because usually I do it while I'm doing something else, not paying enough attention, then curse because I've got like 45 and I have to do it again and pay attention because I'm not putting 45 up there. Um, but again, that engages them because I'm in that group and then they'll all spend all day trying to either match my score or I beat my score, which is great fun. And one thing that I'm going back to, I've not done it for a while, but I'm doing themes in the week. So it'll be like um, a hazard perception week where I'll just put up a hazard perception clip and, you know, ask them to, to talk about it or whatever. And putting themes on the week tends to work as well. Now, again, this stuff is work, but guess what? You start doing this stuff for people, they start being willing to pay you a bit more, which means you can work a couple of hours less a week. And then it, all of a sudden it just compensates itself. The other one I did uh, going back a few years was a theory test challenge. So this was uh, a Facebook group where I aimed to get 50 people in. I did it twice and both times I got 48. So I was slightly disappointed. It was a free challenge. And every night I went live for 30 minutes covering a specific part of, of the theory and gave them a piece of homework for the next day. And the rule was, if you hadn't submitted your homework, by the time it went live the next day, you were kicked out of the group. And like there were 14 people, I think, that passed once and 16 the next. All of them came to me as students. All of them passed the very first time. And all of them got a really good understanding because it brought them into it. And the last example I'll give you, uh, and this is where you can actually earn from the theory. Uh, and I think I might have mentioned this before, but it's what I call theory club. Now, I've stopped doing it now, but I had theory club where every Sunday... I'd have a Zoom call on an evening and anyone in Theory Club could come to this Zoom call and we would set goals for them for the week. And it might be doing mock tests, it might be reading the highway code, it might be listening to the podcast, doing a theory test course, whatever. But for 50 quid, they paid for it. They got four of these calls, so it was over four weeks, uh, 50 quid. They got uh, that and they got the, um, the, the theory test course that I do. And they loved it. Because they had their own little group where they'd come in and post questions. There was a WhatsApp group, actually, as well, where I put up, um, I call it a prompt every day. I'd put a different prompt up into the WhatsApp group, and it might be a video, it might be a, a post or whatever. But, you know, I think the second one of those that I run, I got about 10 people signed up. And I, again, I'm talking money, but I've made 500 quid for that month by doing that. Now, I wasn't doing it for the money, but I had to earn for that because that did take more time. But you can see it's not just about giving someone the highway code. There's other things you can do. And that's just sort of me thinking outside the box, if you like. So I'll throw this back to you because I realize I've gone on a bit of a... Uh, a monologue there, Chris, but is there anything else that you might suggest that instructors could do or any other resources that you'd recommend? I I tried the same thing because I stole the idea from you, <laughs> most of my good ideas. And um, I, uh, I, I did a WhatsApp group. Um, didn't work for me at all. I think that was because possibly I attract um, uh, individuals with different needs hmm. and they, they didn't work very well inside that medium um i did figure out that dyslexics don't like crosswords um <laughs> so i did put it up and say some of you won't like this but i'm going to put it up there to see if others do um and and a few people loved it but i i think because they're not my pupils um they're they're not w working in a bigger scheme with me necessarily um it yeah it, it didn't work for me and and i say that because if it doesn't work for you, try something different. Yep. Um, see, speak to your pupils. See what would help them. Um, you know, offer a study group. The lovely thing about Zoom is you can have a link, you can have a, a room open, and you can sit there, get a bit of paperwork done, and see if anyone drops in. 
And if they do, brilliant. You can have a chat with them. If you get a few, they can have a chat with each other. Um, and I love that. I'm all for two-to-one training or, or more. Um, and, and I think classroom is the way forward. So that's what I want to see. Um, but I do think we should have two different types of driving instructor. Now, you can be both. But I think we should have the classroom theory stuff and we should have the practical stuff. And that's the only way to stop it. One of them being the the, the poor second cousin um, of the real driving. Um, so I, I think we can expand from there and we can answer their questions and help them figure it out. But what I would do if I was out on the road is give pupils, um, you know, a five minute window to say what what do you want me to explain to you today and if they say nothing brilliant get on with it you'll be surprised that you know they they will say actually I, I i'm answering the questions i'm getting them right but i don't understand it now if you go along and get a different question that's where the problem's going to come from and that's the problem we have is that the revision questions are not the questions which is a good thing um but i am Speaking with the DBSA soon, uh, they they did tell me that nobody gets to see the questions, the real questions, and I was like, "That's the problem because no one's checking they're right." Um, so you know, I, I'm working on that front. I just think engage with your pupils as much as you can about the theory. Don't leave it to be the, or I'll assume that they'll figure it out, or yeah, well they haven't asked for help, they don't know that they can. Um, the number of people I get that the first thing they say is I never knew that this was available from anyone. Um, say so I, I, I'd love all instructors to at least offer something, you know, offer me, that's fine. You can have my details, <laughs> just give them a card. Um, I'm happy to do that. I, I'm not, you know, I can't tackle everybody in the country, but I can point them in the right direction. Um, you know, I think that's the thing. It's fine. What works for you? I think, that's the key, actually. Every instructor should offer something. Now, that doesn't have to mean offer a, a theory test course himself. Like you said, it could be offered you. It could be a list of resources. You know, someone comes to you as an instructor and says, I'm struggling with a theory. I learn better by watching videos. Well, send them to Annie Winterburn on TikTok and then onto her theory test training course, as you said, because that's that's what that is. You know, or, or whatever the resource are, you get that list of resources. And and when you get this list of resources, like when I recommend the five-minute theory, um, because I will do, because I think it's pretty cool, uh, when I recommend that podcast, don't just go off my recommendation. Listen to a couple of episodes and make sure that you like it and you embrace it and you endorse it so that you're not just, say, going from word of mouth from another instructor. You're actually going, actually, yeah, this one I liked. So this might be beneficial for you. And, and just a list of resources. You don't have to do it yourself, but you can then point that student in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else that you would recommend to instructors around the theory? Um, do a theory test yourself, but don't read the questions. Um, get them either read to you or use the voiceover. It's difficult to click on the button if you're not looking at it, but but don't cheat. Um, be honest with yourself um it's really really difficult to do if you can't read or you don't read well you don't process that information well so anyone that's dyslexic or can't read um it is it's really challenging and that makes you think um and know what's available you know and and again i i, I keep putting bits out there but feel free to get in touch for a chat um Know what the additional accommodations are. That's the extra help from the DBSA. Um, it's number two if any of you pupils phone up who need additional accommodations because they're likely to think it sounds like they're booking a hotel room. Um, but know what's available. Know how to help them get it because if they don't hear from you that it's available, they probably won't hear. And it is absolutely gut-wrenching the suffering that some of them are going through because they think that they are thick. They think, you know, all of my friends have done it. I should be able to do it. It's easy. They didn't even revise. Um, lucky them. You know, it, it, I, I don't want people feeling like that. Not on something that should actually be relatively simplistic. It's, it's not easy, but it is simple. So 
Let me throw this one at you then. Someone that is in communication with the DVSA and someone that specialises in the theory test, what changes would you like to see made to the structure? Um, I, I'd like to see a recognised course. If, if we're going, you know, rip it out and start again. Yeah. I'd like to see a recognised course that people have to um, get signed off on, uh, possibly even get rid of the test. Actually, go and do. Let's say go and do classroom. It could be online. Um, you know that they can get signed off, and maybe it's ten questions at the end of each module. I, I do wonder if you know, the D, DIA are doing a study on modular learning for the practical side of things. Um, that's the way I think things are going to go, because it would also mean you get signed off before you take your test, which would answer some of our questions from earlier. Um, I'd like to see that for the theory of, of going like here are the actual modules and the ones that they've got don't really make sense. There's a lot of overlap and vagities about it that, you know, it would be nice if there was something more structured. Um, and the hazard perception test is misunderstood. I don't think it's actually a bad test, um, but I would like to see hazard prediction rather than hazard perception, which actually has scientific um, evidence to prove it works, whereas I am not aware of any studies on the hazard perception test that show it is, you know, is worth the paper it's written on. Yeah, I think I can go with all that. I think I, I would scrap the test. Um, would you be in favor? I mean, yeah, would you be in favor of of uh, repeated testing for drivers over a, a period of time? Uh, yes, yes, <laughs> I always have been. Um, I, I. Where else do you pass something at 17 and never get checked? Um, I, I don't think it should be a retest necessarily, but I think, you know, firstly, to renew your licence, you should have to have a, a eyesight certificate and possibly even a medical one. Um, there's other countries that do it. Admittedly, one of those doesn't even have a practical test, so they value that higher than actually proving you can drive. Don't ask me which one. It begins with an <laughs> Um, I can't remember, but uh, but yeah, I I I'm all for that. I I also think that you know Halford should have a bit of a uh, an offering because they'd be the logical one where you get to go along, learn how to check certain bits of, on the car, and get a certificate for that as well. Um, so you know, I I think we could sublet certain bits of of, of the training to commercial companies, and and everyone could benefit, but. Yeah, uh, it won't happen, will it? Yeah, um, thinking. No, but but it could happen in addition to. So, you know, maybe that's something that we will explore. And um, if anyone's got a foot in the door at Halfords, please get in touch because I've failed miserably so far. Um, but I will I will get there. Locally, they're awesome. My local Halfords, <laughs> I love them. I've talked to them to drive. But, um, yeah, the, the, the actual company... If anyone's got a foot in the door there, that would be lovely. That would be a conversation I'll happily have. Is there anything else you would like to cover on today's episode? Just that I came away feeling absolutely knackered after the conference. <laughs> um, and, and then uh, having stood up for two days and spent stupid amounts of time sat on the motorway, put my back out. So I was feeling a bit miserable. And then some amazing feedback from people who went out of their way to say, that they liked my talk, which I say I was genuinely bricking it, which doesn't often happen nowadays, and that they they really enjoyed more the information and wanted more of it, uh, not just mine, but everybody's who was there. That you know they went to the effort to get in touch, and that really did give me some some drive to uh, to to do some some bits that uh, I don't. I, I was I was struggling to get my teeth into. So um, please, anyone who listens. Drop us a line. Let us know what you think. Let us know if you disagree. Because uh, I genuinely, I know Terry feels the same. Getting that feedback is is such a brilliant thing. Even if you slate it, we're both of us are big enough and ugly enough to take it. Honestly, you won't offend us. We'd rather hear. Uh, we're we're totally open to criticism. Just to clarify, I'm incredibly handsome. Uh, you're only hearing the voice, not seeing the face. There's no ugliness. Uh, it's pure charm. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, uh, feedback is always welcome. Uh, I think I said recently 
following uh, a couple of uh, discussions there. Feedback is always welcome with a caveat that you have listened. So if you have listened and you would like to give feedback, either positive, negative, constructive, however you phrase it, uh, it's more than welcome. Although I suppose, yeah, I prefer positive, if I'm going to be honest with you. It's always nice to get a five-star review. In fact, the the, the one uh, I got recently was a really lovely one that I shared online. Made me made me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I've had a few of them recently, so that's that's great. But uh, no, I'm pleased that you, uh, you got some positive feedback. I'm looking forward to to getting the link to be able to watch your uh, your presentation and I will share that when I get it. Lovely. I, I look forward to your feedback on it. <laughs> it might be positive. I'll send you a voice note. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thanks for joining us today, Chris. Uh, really appreciate it. And just a quick shout out, one last. Where can people find the DITC? Theditc.co.uk and you can get everywhere through there. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining me today. Thank you very much. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.